0: This is DST Health Radio, the show that will help you master complexity and discover opportunity in healthcare. I'm your host, Kevin Crane. Welcome to the show. It's my pleasure to welcome Amy Sauls to the show. Amy is a business solutions director and director of population health strategy at DST health solutions. She has responsibility for DST's predictive modeling, analytics, and decision support products and is an expert in customizing and evaluating predictive models to support specific populations and applications. She's with us today to talk about rehospitalization and readmissions. There are many reasons why readmissions are important to consider, one of which is that they're expensive, and there are a number of patient care and quality aspects to consider as well. Indeed, preventing avoidable hospital readmissions is considered by many to be the most important opportunity for reducing waste and improving outcomes in healthcare. Amy Sauls, welcome to the show. We understand that hospitalization is when a patient is admitted to the hospital for treatment, and a planned readmission may indeed indicate that the treatment was successful. However, unplanned readmissions may indicate low quality of care, and these types of readmissions are also very costly for health insurers. Can you discuss with us some of the reasons an individual may experience a readmission?
1: Yeah, I think we all like to believe that when we're discharging patients we're setting them up to succeed when they return home, unfortunately there's circumstances that make it challenging for patients to succeed. For example, they may uh, live in an unsafe environment that has too many stairs, they may have inadequate access to healthy food or a poor understanding of their new dietary restrictions. They may lack family or other caregiver support. Um, They may have little knowledge or poor execution of their aftercare requirements, such things like wound dressing. Or they may have difficulty with their medication regimen or the affordability of medications. All of these variables introduce patient risk, um, ranging from complications of treatment such as postoperative infections, certain vulnerable populations may be at increased risk of falls, And medication issues uh, will always be a major contributor to readmissions. Patients either don't fill their medications or they don't take them or take them as directed. Um, Medications, both over-the-counter medications and uh, prescription medications, may be mixed with their new medication regimen on discharge to an adverse effect.
0: So there are a lot of factors involved, and it may not always be easy to really understand who may be at risk for readmission. And you talk about predictive modeling. Can you tell us more about how this model works and the factors involved?
1: Yeah, predictive modeling can certainly help to identify members at risk of readmission so that appropriate resources are applied to discharge planning and ongoing care coordination. The Johns Hopkins ACG system is the method that we use at DST Health Solutions for identifying patients at risk. The ACG system is a sophisticated model that is available at admission in order to better triage the patient and allocate those resources for care management. The predictive model will identify readmission risk, primarily looking at comorbidity of the member, um, but supported by further looking at individual conditions and medications, and where a parent... um, Prior utilization might be used, so looking at prior discharges or emergency room visits, for example. And when we look at the kinds of members that are identified by the ACG system, the members at highest risk of readmission certainly are uh, patients that clinicians would agree have complex healthcare needs. Some of the things that the ACG system specifically looks for, for example, would be markers of clinical frailty. These are items that are derived from diagnosis that may indicate a patient has limitations related to their ability to perform self-care. So things, for example, like dementia or malnutrition, difficulty walking, incontinence, uh, vision impairment, decubitus ulcers, histories of falls. So those patients, um, the presence of those frailty factors indicates that they may be of higher risk for readmission. We also look at multiple prior admissions or other high utilization factors, multiple emergency room visits. Um, We look at where the patient was discharged to. Patients um, requiring skilled nursing care tend to have a higher risk of readmission than those who go home. We look at overall medication use. Multiple medications indicate a higher risk of rehospitalization, again, with um, medication often being a large contributor to the reason for readmission. Um, in general, we look at patients who are of high medical needs by measuring multimorbidity as a significant contributor to patient risk. What we're assessing when we look at all of those risk factors is the outcome uh, that the patient will be experiencing an unplanned readmission within 30 days of discharge. So this particular outcome acknowledges, in fact, some admissions are planned. And that planned readmissions may actually be a a bolster to patient quality. For example, patients who are being treated for oncology care are often um, given a schedule of treatments, whether it's uh, surgical interventions or chemotherapy treatments that require uh, frequent admissions. Those are all planned and part of their schedule of treatment. Or patients who experience cardiovascular symptoms may go to the hospital in an emergent state and be stabilized, uh, they are discharged home with the anticipation that they will return for a more uh, planned surgical intervention. So the goal is not to measure those types of interventions but really to focus on the unplanned portion of readmissions, those things such as complications of treatment or repeat medical admissions. So by scoring Um, individuals with a probability, the likelihood that they'll experience that unplanned readmission within 30 days, care managers are able to determine those patients most at risk uh, so that they can best plan appropriate follow-up care and other interventions for the purposes of readmission avoidance.
0: You're listening to DST Health Radio. You can master complexity and discover opportunity in healthcare with DST. For more information, just visit dsthealth.com. Our guest today is Amy Saul's, and we're talking about hospitalization and readmissions. And Amy, there are a lot of factors and risks to consider. What are the top three that you feel health plans should consider or be most concerned about? Well,
1: we all know that um, managing costs is important and readmissions are costly. Medicare estimates that uh, alone they spend $17 billion a year on avoidable readmissions. And Medicare being the largest purchaser of hospital care in the. US, has implemented an aggressive readmission reduction program which aims to reduce payment to hospitals with excess readmissions. And this goes further than simply not paying for the readmission. This is a, uh, a attempt to base a reduction in base payments that Medicare might be willing to pay to a hospital that experiences higher than average readmission rates. And Beyond the cost factor, or maybe in complement to the cost factor, virtually every major quality measurement and incentive program evaluates readmission rates. For providers, for example, readmission rates are evaluated as part of the MIPS quality measures. That's the new Medicare Alternative Payment Model um, innovation to uh, introduce value-based payments to Medicare providers. It's also part of the Innovative Innovation uh, Centers programs, the ACO Shared Savings Program, and the Comprehensive Primary Care Plus programs, those are also considering readmission rates as part of their overall quality ratings. From a health plan perspective, uh, NCQA uh, Health Plan Accreditation, Medicare Advantage STAR Ratings, the Quality Rating System for the Marketplace Plans, and various state Medicaid agencies all consider all cause readmissions as part of their quality ratings. And many of those have uh, positive incentives associated with reducing overall readmission rates, um, either in the form of uh, an enhanced accreditation rating in the case of NCQA or a quality bonus payment in the case of STAR ratings.
0: So there are cost incentives and quality incentives that really give reason to bring this to the top of mind of healthcare administrators and executives. How can plans mitigate this risk?
1: Plans really are adopting population health approaches, which enable a focus on coordinated collaborative care, looking across the continuum, not solely at the hospital as the center of this care, but the extension to that, um, uh, to include primary care and home care visitors as well as case managers. So really, what um, this risk mitigation starts with appropriate hospital discharge planning and extends to those other care managers that may live within the health plan or in the case of uh, provider-centered medical homes, they may also be employing care managers. It's really important that the members are going home to a safe environment with the appropriate level of care, whether that care is rendered by a family member or a visiting nurse. There needs to be coordination among uh, primary care physicians. They need to be first made aware that their patient has experienced an admission and need to be notified of both admission and discharge, this really facilitates uh, an appropriate transition of care and adequate follow-up. And that follow-up needs to include things like medication reconciliation. And where possible, engaging community resources can ensure that the patient has a proper support system for their ongoing care needs. Plans are rapidly adopting this uh, just as they are receiving incentives through uh, quality rating systems, um, adopting measures such as uh, readmissions in their value-based payments out to their provider network, and that's really a great mechanism for them to be able to in- uh, provide the proper incentives to reduce readmissions, and ultimately the benefit they'll see is a re- reduction in total cost of care.
0: Our guest today has been Amy Sauls. You can find her and find out more at dsthealth.com. Amy, it's been great speaking with you. Thanks a lot for being our guest on DST Health Radio.
1: Thanks so much for having me.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of DST Health Radio, but it doesn't end here. Just go to DSTHealth.com for more on how DST helps health plans optimize clinical, operational, and financial outcomes by integrating data and analytics with leading technology and strategic advisory. That's DSTHealth.com. I'm your host, Kevin Crane. Thanks for listening.